Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're in Boise, Idaho with Banjo Matt, and we're going to talk a little banjo talk with Matt after we talk a little mandolin talk, octave mandolins to be specific. Joe Mendel's signature piece of art. It gives you that sweet tone somewhere between a mandolin and a guitar. It has that mandolin punch while it also delivers a sustain and range of a guitar. And he builds them to your specifications. You might prefer the Adirondack top to the Sitka. Maybe you like back. Maybe you like black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, maple. You select the wood. You select the style, and Joe will make it for you. The octave mandolin. They all impart flavor of their own tone. I call them Mendel's mandos. He calls them the octave mandolin, and they're available at Joe Mendel's Frets. JoeMendelsFrets.com. So, Matt, you have a last name, but I'm not going to acknowledge that. We're just going to call you Banjo Matt because that's who you are. I love it. Isn't that good? And, yes, uh, it is. By, by the name, you either play the banjo or you play the Matt. And I'm guessing it's the former, not the latter. That is correct. Banjo Matt, and I actually have that name. It was given to me because uh, it's kind of that old saying is you can't give yourself your own nickname. And uh, that was given to me by some guys I go rafting with, which we'll dive into a little bit more when we get into Patagonia Postcard. Oh, okay. So how long have you been Banjo Matt? I've been Banjo Matt. Uh, gosh, I started playing banjo when I was about 30 years old. I've got a, a great picture of me on my 30th birthday where my friends brought me up on stage and let me be real clumsy on it and play around on it. And uh, I remember playing Boil Them Cabbage Down, which is an old traditional. Yeah. And um, so before then, I played guitar, uh, but banjo uh, came to me uh, right around when I was 30 years old. So love me. And yeah, did so, you play guitar forever before then, or was that just one of those evolutionary instruments that you began as the sax player or piano player or whatever? And Yeah, no, the guitar came to me later in life. Um, I did some things in high school and um, some, I basically did some acting and some show choir and some singing, things like that. Uh, but sports really dominated kind of my life in my younger years. And then some injuries led to some things and, I started to go camp out and backpack and everybody was sitting around playing guitars. Mm -hmm. So I picked up guitar and uh, just became basically a rhythm guitar player. I could do some lead ins and lead outs, but uh, like, I know you writer was the first song I've ever played on guitar in front of people. I, I wow. still remember that to this day. Uh, and my buddy, he's like, you've got to play. I know you writer because learn it. Cause it's, there's an F chord. You have to learn the <laughs> F chord. He's like, that's, that's what'll uh, put you apart from G, C and D. Right. And uh, and he was right, actually. So it's still, uh, you know, and that just kind of opened up for me. Uh, and then the banjo, that actually, that's kind of a funny story in the sense that I had a Westphalia back in the day. And my buddy and I had, we had our kayaks loaded up on top, our mountain bikes on the back hitch. And we're heading down. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, but I joke, best part about Cincinnati is Kentucky. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Kentucky. And yeah. we were heading down um, to do some... Uh, boating and mountain biking in Kentucky, North Carolina. And of course, the Westphalia breaks down on me. 
And I'm just, you know, it wasn't just a breakdown. There was just a puddle of oil underneath the engine. Oh, so no. it was, it, we were out. We were down and out. It was like midnight because we left Weekend Warriors, left, uh, left late. And he just looked at me and he said, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Look what I got at the last Bluegrass Festival. He went to the back of the West VI. He had hidden a banjo underneath a blanket for me. Oh, I was wow. still playing guitar. Uh-huh. And he did one rip on Cripple Creek. He played Cripple Creek. And it just rang inside that inside of that band. And I was like, I fell in love with it instantly. Still to this day, we're best friends. And he still reminds me because I tend to play more banjo now. Hence the name Banjo Matt. He's always like, hey, you remember I played banjo first. And I was like, I know, I know, I got it, I got it. But uh, so broken down on the side of Highway 75 South uh, is what led me to playing banjo. That's hilarious. And now you're Banjo Matt. Now, do you play out? Do you do this regularly? Because you're also a teacher. Yes, that's so teaching. I've been teaching for 20 years. It's my passion. I love it. Uh, I teach world studies. And I really love trying to get people to be active citizens. And um, I use the term educate to action. Uh, Try to, you know, use what you learn to be active in your community and your school and your family. Uh, But as far as playing out, I have been playing out for about, it's been about a good 18 months now. Um, I took about a 15 year break from doing anything uh, playing out. I was, I caught campfire good. I played, you know, campfires or private parties, but um, I spent that time raising three children. I have a 20-year-old and then two 15-year-olds, and I've been married 26 years, which that comes out in some of my songs, too. And so I really uh, just took a conscious break to to just focus on family. Um, Before that, though, back in Cincinnati, I was part of a group called the Tadcasters. They still play. They're kind of, they've got a jazz kind of edge to them. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Little Ford, his name's Bill Little Ford, is the leader of that band. And he's he's amazing. Um, I always say he got missed because uh, he's just a real humble guy, but still the best guitar player that I've, I've played with. Um, and he started a band and, and asked me to be in it with another one of my buddies, Nick LaBeouf. Um, and so we put an EP out, self-titled EP with seven songs, and then I wrote three of them and sang those. Bill wrote three and sang those. And then Nick wrote an instrumental. Uh, so that was, you know, 15 years ago-ish. Wow. And then living here in Idaho, the, since then, I moved from Cincinnati to Idaho. And then I just, again, would do just kind of family-friendly jam sessions. Uh, but about 18 months ago, my kids were kind of like, because I play my originals. I'm up to, I have 14 originals that I had that weren't recorded. Uh, three of them, three, uh, 17 total, three of them were on the EP with the Tadcasters, but I had 14 new originals and my kids were like, dad, you've done everything for us. You got to do something for yourself. Like you got to get these recorded because if you keel over tomorrow, no one's ever going to hear them or know about them. And so <laughs> it's just kind of neat. Yeah, thanks, it was. Thanks kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I went ahead and did some research, found a local guy here, um, and Don Cunningham, and then he went ahead and helped me um, produce and record the current album, which is self-titled. It's just Banjo Matt, and it's me on, I play two different kinds of banjo. I play claw hammer and scrub style banjo, and then I play acoustic, a dreadnought guitar, and then some harmonica, and then I sing my lead, and then I sing two-part harmony with my own voice over the songs as well. So. It sounds more like a band than just one person, but it's all me being tracked out. 
do you use a modulator or do you, did you go into the studio and you recorded your, the, the, the lead and then you sang, you went back in and sang over that. Exactly. I okay. went to the studio and did that. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, so. you've seen these guys that use these modulators, you know, and yes. a real good friend of mine in St. Louis uses one all the time. And he's the only one I know that, that uses it semi close to right. And even then it's just, it just sounds so, it just sounds, it's like plastic surgery. You know, yes. no matter yes. how good a plastic surgeon, you still know something it's was not done. real. It's right. Done. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I joke about it as I want to be careful and I don't want to be the uh, the wind up monkey with the tambourines that kind of bangs. And, you know, so I, yeah, you show up and everyone leaves. I'm like, well, that's the opposite of what you wanted to get. You want to keep people. I, I I made a career in doing that in music. You know, we used to we used to have jam parties, and I, I I had an account that I could I would trade my services. In turn, we get the hall like once a month, and we called ourselves the bouncer band because we'd start playing. We just got so loud and just so monotonous. We'd chase everybody out of there, so we were the bouncer band. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You were having a good time. That's all absolutely. Matters, right? So when, when guests come on the show, and I, I say this a lot because it's funny to me, uh, when people send me the songs that they're going to look uh, or we're going to listen to and discuss, I, I won't say nine times out of ten, but it's always fun when one comes across it that is already a famous song by somebody else, but it's not that song. So the first song we have here, My Life, and I'm thinking, there are changes I remember. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, you're just a little more upbeat on the song than that. Then, absolutely so yeah. why why my life when you know billy joel did it the beatles did it you know and now banjo matt does a whole different take on my life yes and that's where um so jokingly I, i'll say that i'm the most ignorant musician there is in the sense that like until you brought that up i had never even made the connection that those famous artists had those songs out just i'm in my own bubble i guess right uh and and that happened to me on another song that's on my ep with the tabcasters and i called it the mountain song and then i wrote it and it's g a minor c i think and then i went to a jam session and someone played easy chair and i went <laughs> oh wait a second that's the exact same chord progression right. and it was great because it made me look good because my lead was spot on i just kind of threw that in there but so i think that's probably what happened with my life is it honestly just tells a story about my life and it was kind of the the second song i've ever wrote um and that one and what had happened is you know the first verse talks about lost him on a september day and my dad had a heart attack and he ended up surviving it um, and that's what that whole verse talks about. But uh -huh. I just remember the power in writing that one um, for just the emotions, just driving down the road and I'm trying to write down lyrics, but I'm bawling because my dad's in the hospital and just had a heart attack. And I was able to put that first verse together that night. And that's, I think what really hooked me with songwriting. It just yep. was a great way for me to deal with my emotions. I love that part of the podcast or this part of the podcast talking to songwriters because i can i can sit down and noodle around and come up with some melodies or i can sit down and write some emotions and write some ideas but to put that all together i've just not accomplished that yet i mean i have but at a at a level that i i played my album out once and that was enough now now i just soon 
shelve that net have anybody on the planet ever bring that up again <laughs> right 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 yes but you guys you guys do it though you're able to do it and do it and do it and you've got 14 songs out now already that are all originals yeah, yeah 14 songs on this new album that are all originals and i want to say one of my favorite reasons because you asked that earlier and i got a little sidetracked i tend to do that so i do play out you know at some local food trucks here in boise at private parties um, and then also it just, uh, some local breweries seem to be really well. I recently yeah. played at the Dis discovery center. They did a, a fundraiser for money for the STEM program for school. And the best compliments I've been getting is like, people are just like, they're, they're like, you feel it is what they, all right. They can tell, like, I'm not just there for the paycheck or for the free right. drinks or they're like, we can feel it we feel what you feel. And I guess that's my ultimate goal as a songwriter. Cause I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm an open book. And so for a stranger to walk up to me, hear a song they've never heard before and basically say, I felt what you felt. Yeah. That is like, that makes me want to keep playing and keep writing. Right. Well, we're going to see how that conveys. And now that we know the story behind my life, we're going to play that. And listen to it and not listen for Billy Joel and not listen for the Beatles. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> from Boise, Idaho, Banjo Matt on the Music of America podcast. And this song is called My Life. Lost him on a September day. Tears came down like spring rain. Winds came in from hurricanes. It was Seasons go, spring, summer, autumn, snow. Every year I grow older, this is my life. Friends got ill and words got thrown. I got asked to leave his home. Forgiveness is a graceful thing. I saw the light Seasons come and seasons go Spring, summer, autumn, snow Every year I grow older This is my life Every time I see her smile And 
I look into her eyes The stars align, my moon shines bright She's a beautiful sight Seasons come and seasons go Spring, summer, autumn, snow My Life with Banjo Matt in Boise, Idaho, and this is the Music of America podcast with your host, Tom Pollard. We're going to talk about a song called Patagonia Postcard and I guess some rafting. First, I want to tell you, though, about something that happened to me years ago. I got in this accident at work and I ended up spending a month on my stomach while the wounds on my back were healing. I had scalded and severely burned my lower back, and about two weeks into my healing, I realized, hey... I haven't had a cigarette in two weeks, so I quit smoking. Now, that worked for me. I don't suggest it for anyone else, okay? Thank goodness. We have a company called Laser Therapy South, located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed its own unique approach to tackle both the physiological as well as the habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser therapy. It's an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada about 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is your quit date. I love that. The laser is a cold or therapeutic laser. It does not produce heat. It does not cut tissue. And a lot of clients walk away report a feeling more like having had a massage after their treatment, lasertherapysouth.com, laser therapy, where your questions will all be answered, lasertherapysouth.com. Go check them out if you want to quit smoking. And that's where being a quitter is a good thing. We're with Banjo Matt, and we're going to find out about this rafting thing that created the song called Patagonia Postcard. Tell us that story. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so this story goes back again. I mentioned it earlier when we we're talking about my life. I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio for 38 years. And I'm old enough to know, like, I remember back in the days when I would get like little Campmore magazines and you would actually I would order my outdoor clothing from like a little black and white drawing of a sleeping bag or whatever. And those were the same days that we would still get postcards. And Patagonia would send out postcards and basically, you know, 20% off for this time frame over Labor Day or Memorial Day. And this one particular postcard they sent out had a picture of a raft uh, on a river. And they had a guy sitting on the top of a stack of all of his gear. And he was just sitting up on top of this raft all by himself, sitting there with a guitar in his hand and just oh, strumming cool. away. It just left the coolest image in my mind. And being from Cincinnati, you know, we kayaked and we mountain bike, but it's just not the same being west of the Mississippi. So um, I kept that in my nightstand for years and just dreamt about the day that I could be that guy, basically. Get on a raft, do an overnight trip, and bring my instrument and play music. Um, and then, as luck has it, um, at 38 years old, uh, my wife and I decided to move uh, to Boise, Idaho, with our, we at that time had two three-year-olds and a five-year-old and, or a seven-year-old, sorry, two three-year-olds and a seven-year-old. And we picked up, moved out here. And um, I still was kayaking a little bit in Cincinnati, but the first thing I did out here was buy a raft. 
Then I was lucky enough. I'm a school teacher. We talked about that. I met up with some other school teachers that had rafts. They're like, we're going to be a great fit. And they're like, hey, by the way, in October, it's not permit season because you need to pull permits to run certain sections of rivers out in the Northwest, like the Snake River, Payette River, Salmon River. Really? Yeah, because they get so popular, they don't want them to be overcamped and Uh then ruin the nature. So, um, and it's hard to get the permits. So they're like, we've got a workaround. We do what's called a Halloween house. So at Halloween time, we all take our rafts. We go down to um, Hell's Canyon and we run. It's actually the deepest gorge in the lower 48. And we do an overnight trip on it. You should come with us. I was like, <laughs> I'm there. So I go and that that's kind of the song tells the entire story uh, as far as floating down these rivers that I had just, it was a dream of mine in Cincinnati, Ohio. I never, I had kind of settled in Cincinnati, a lot of family there. My wife has family there. Uh, and then it was really my wife. She just was like, I want to get out West. And I was like, I'll support you, whatever you want, honey. And then, so this kind of dream of having a postcard in my nightstand turned into this actual trip that talks about the verses really tell the story. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't really have to tell it, but it's, uh, because it's Halloween, everybody's in full costumes, everybody's rowdy, and it's just the greatest group of people. The IWU reference is Idaho Whitewater Unlimited. It's an outfitter um, outside of Boise, Idaho, and uh, man, do they know how to have a good time. That sounds fun. And I wanted to make a comment, but I want to make the comment now afterwards because we've you've hyped the song up so much. Anything I would say would detract from that. So I'll talk about this after the song, but right now I'm going to play it, Okay. So Sounds great. Thanks. This is Patagonia Postcard with Banjo Matt from Boise, Idaho. Salmon rivers, oh, flow me down. Patagonia postcode finally came true in Idaho, in Idaho. Lucky 13, not just an Asian myth, matches my birthday on the permit list. Willie 1.5 stacked to the sky, just like a photo with the umbrella guy. Jimi Hendrix with all the right moves Superwoman, Batman, yes they're real A female unicorn with no tail but a beard Mountain bocce ball is a game to be played Smacking that wine, she feels great Dancing in the moonlight until dawn Dueling banjos can be a scary song
birthday song A blind disco diva How can you go wrong Floating down the river To the land of no return Wilderness surround us Autumn soon adjourn Floating me down Oh, float me down Snake pit, salmon rivers Oh, float me down Patagonia, Voskort finally came true And Idaho Patagonia postcard with Banjo Matt from Boise, Idaho. And I'm going to make some comment about that in just a moment, but I got to talk about cats for a moment. I really don't like cats. I mean, I've had cats. I just don't like them. Now, though, maybe I'd be able to like them again. Kitty's Litter Box, a new innovation to the litter box, takes away a lot of that which I disliked about cats, and that's mainly the litter box. Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box. You simply open the box after Kitty has done their business. You close this biodegradable box, and you just throw it away after about 30 days of usage. Just throw the whole thing away. Kitty's Litter Box makes ease of cleaning so simple. You can't get any simpler than throwing it away. None of that extra stuff. You just toss the whole thing away and eliminating the need to clean it. If you love cats, you'll love your cat even more with Kitty's Litter Box. It's available at kittieslitterbox.com. It's perfect. All right. I got to say this. So the whole time you're telling me a story about Patagonia postcard, I'm thinking teacher, raft, banjo. <laughs> Yes. I was going to ask if anybody was an archer. <laughs> well, I, I will say this. Uh, as far as archer or archery goes, uh, a funny story about that is one of the trips, me and my buddy, we were, again, full costume. His name's brought up in the song. They probably heard it, but dressed up in a costume. And then I'm on the front of the raft playing banjo, and we're sitting behind a rock in an eddy. And uh -huh. there were some hunters coming by. Because it's hunting season is too. So mix cost adults in costumes with hunting. It can get a little tricky. And we were pulling out of the eddy on our raft and just being like, whoa, what's going on? And the guy looked at us and just cocked his gun once. No. We're like, we should go back to shore. I don't think we should be doing this anymore. So he didn't think it was funny. We did. So right. yeah. if, if you saw Ned Beatty by the sidelines and you know it's time to run. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and just in case people don't get the reference, there's a movie called Deliverance. And that's all yes. these are all components of that movie Deliverance. And I won't go into yes. the detail of the movie because they haven't seen it. It's worth seeing. It's a it's a classic. And yes. <laughs> so let me back up a little bit here and I want a question that has been on my mind for probably a couple maybe a decade now when I grew up I grew up listening to rock and roll we didn't really listen to country and the people that I, I grew up in St. Louis and the people that lived on the outside of St. Louis the outer, outer counties were more out in the in the country and they listened more to country music although they also listened to rock and roll but country was just taboo around my circle you know that was just that that you know that that hillbilly music or whatever Yes. And as we got older and we, we grew into our 20s and our 30s, uh, and we'll say Urban Cowboy probably had a great deal to do with that. It made listening to country music okay. So then we broadened our palate and we listened to more country and got into bluegrass. So then Ricky Skaggs gets launched into superstardom because he brings bluegrass back to contemporary country. Now, where I'm going with all of this is 
that was still country. That was still bluegrass. The whites were still country and bluegrass, but now it's Americana. When did country and bluegrass come uh, morph into this new style of music called Americana? Yeah, and I definitely won't try to speak for anybody else on their opinion on that, but I could tell you for me, it was kind of like what you just explained. Like as a young teen, you know, I was listening to the grunge and Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers and all those great albums that came out. And then it was when I started to get into the outdoors. Um, I really give a lot of credit to, um, you know, they, the Bluegrass All-Stars. It was Sam Bush and Bela Fleck and Jerry Douglas. I mean, those guys were just driving this music that it made country slash bluegrass slash Americana cool again. Uh -huh. um, and it almost, they tapped into that jam band of what people might love with the Grateful Dead uh, or with widespread panic. Um, and yeah. I think that's what a lot of times what I like to say is because people are like, Oh, are you, are you a bluegrass guy? And I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm just a jam guy. Like I'll play any kind of music. Um, it's just going to probably be on an acoustic instrument. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I guess I'm not real sure when it became super popular, but it does seem like now you have trouble kind of distinguishing like what genre is that? And a lot of times I just fall back on it's a jam band. You know, it's like yeah. we I don't play many songs with people where we don't take breaks and take leads, I guess. You know, it's not just sing, verse, sing, verse, bridge, you know, uh, back to chorus song. Ends. Right. It's more like nod your head. It's your turn to take a lead. Then it's your turn to take a lead. Or, or the one, four, five song structure is no longer there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, it's it's really fascinating to me. And and I think you you hit the nail on the head when you, you said jam music, because it's like the Grateful Dead put out so many jamming musicians. I mean, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm up in Vermont right now, and every day there's a dead tribute band or somebody playing their advertising or marketing themselves as dead like jam band or just jam band yes and the instruments of choice though when you think of what has happened with uh yonder mountain string band or dropkick murphy's they brought folk in with that mindset of how to do music so we've got this side that's saying jam this side that's saying traditional acoustic and they met yes and we've got this stuff called americana right i love right. it it's the best i love it too so, so do you consider yourself Americana? I do, but it's funny now that I am trying to kind of figure this, navigate this whole thing out with like Apple Music and Spotify and different. And it seems like they all want to drop me into country. And I uh -huh. guess they that country still sells, I guess. And that's not what I'm in it for, trust me. But it seems like if people put a label on it, I shouldn't say people. If corporate puts a label on there it, you they want to drop me into country. I, I kind of uh, see myself as Americana, maybe even a folk singer, but folk singers, that's a little tricky too, because sometimes folk singers, it's kind of like they're just their own thing and they don't want anyone else coming in and jamming with them. Where right. I'm always welcoming. I want the more the merrier, you know, and that's we carry gig bags with this. You know, you got harmonicas and egg shakers and spoons and we bring those on our raft trips and kind of you pass it around and yeah. let yeah. everybody be participant. Right. And, and it's more fun that way. My daughter and son-in-law had a house before they became uh, nomads in their van. 
Okay. Yes. And yes. Uh, did that for a few years, which is a show for another time. But uh, maybe <laughs> I'll have him have them on as my guests one day. But uh, right. I went over when they uh, had their house in South St. Louis and we'd have fire pit parties. It's easier to pick up an acoustic guitar, a fiddle, a banjo, a dulcimer than it is to haul a hundred watt bass amp, you know, yes, <laughs> with, with a 25 yes. pound magnet on the speaker and haul it in. And then if you got that, you got to have a drum kit and then you got seven pieces of drums there and cymbals and all of a sudden it gets too loud. Right. Right. And it just doesn't fit that sitting around the campfire, sitting around the fire yes. kind of thing that, that atmosphere. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the secret with the banjo too, the kind of, at least to get in my humble opinion, but it's a percussion instrument. It's, if you listen, it's get the boom chuck. It's boom chuck, boom chuck, boom chuck. And then you can throw in the melody and other things on top of that. But it's that constant just, and if you really are getting into it, you can kind of hit your hand on the, the head of the banjo and kind of add in a little drum in there. But it's very percussive, the banjo. There's a song so. that just came to mind that uh, Gin and Smoke and Lies. And, yes. uh, and that banjo sets the foundation just like, Phil Collins would in, in the air tonight. It's the same texture. God, I use that word so much yeah. anymore. I've never used that yeah. word so much until I started this podcast, but texture is such a big thing. And that's what the banjo seems to do. Yes. I've never thought yes. of it as a percussion instrument. That's brilliant. Yes. Yes. And that's what made this interesting is the three songs that, I, you know, we're featuring. I reflected on it. I still love that I'm featuring these three, but none of them, I, I also play a lot of Scruggs style uh, from Earl Scruggs, you know, uh -huh. and it becomes less of a percussive instrument uh, when you're playing Scruggs style because that's you're more in a band setting. So you've got a fiddle mm -hmm. player, you've got your stand up bass, you've got your lead guitar player. Um, and since I do so much solo stuff, the, uh, it seems like I tend to fall back on the claw hammer more than the finger style picking. Uh -huh. um, but I do enjoy that as much as well. But man, just really... Mm -hmm. When you see people tapping their toes and they're, you know, nodding their head along and they're kind of, you know, yeah. they're just, they're moving, they're moving. And that, that's inspiring to me. So the last song we're going to talk about, again, it hit me. I thought of the monkeys and I'm not <laughs> your. Yes. Uh, stepping stone. Stepping stone. <laughs> that's it. Yes. So tell me about that song. Well, this one, um, it, this one I just felt like I had to include because, as I mentioned earlier, born and raised in Cincinnati for 38 years, and I've been blessed with just a great life, and um, it really shaped me. And I wrote this once I moved to Idaho, uh, so I wasn't in Cincinnati when I wrote it, but uh, it just brings up my upbringing of being raised in the Catholic school system, K through 12, and then also my best friend. Um, I still get emotional about this, but, um, you know, he's diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and he, he battled that his whole entire life. And that's kind of what the second verse is about. And, mm -hmm. um, and then my picking buddies, uh, from back home, Andy and Aaron, I put their names in there because, uh, Aaron is the one who introduced me to the banjo when I broke down on my Westphalia. So I have him to thank. And Andy was the guy that we'd meet every Thursday and after work. And we would have a potluck, bonfire, have people over. And we literally would play from Thursday from about 10 p.m. 
until about 6 a.m. when the sun came up, we'd just go straight to work on Friday from there. I mean, that's how much fun we had playing music. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it had nothing. And I am so thrilled I have an album out and I'm kind of putting myself out there and playing gigs. But I always say, like, the best pickers I know aren't in bands. You know, they literally come walking out of the woods. They'll jam for two, three hours. Say, y'all have a good night now. And they're gone. Yeah. And, uh, so that's kind of where Stepping Stone, I just wanted to make sure I gave credit where credit's due to all the positive influences I've had in my life. And it's so cool. Uh, a tip of the hat to you, Matt, because you put so much of your own personal life in your music through your lyrics, and then that emotes through your music and vice yes. versa. It's like one feeds the other. Yes. You know? It's so cool to be able to do that. I just my brother's a therapist, retired therapist, and you know, spent 40 years of trying to get people to open up to each other. <laughs> and right, right. You're just like, here it is, you know. It's uh it's amazing to to have that gift, to have that that uh bravado almost, you know, yep. that lack of fear to share your life experience with others. And th thank you. Thank you for that. Because we oh, get the welcome. benefit, we get the benefit from it. And we're gonna do it again. The song is called Stepping Stone with Banjo Matt. Stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Baptized a young boy, the Catholic schools raised me. Question your elders and silenced you would be. But I lived a good life, sports and church you see. Kept me out of trouble, a short time that would be Stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. I let a man's jacket, once a young man's dream. Changed overnight after singing found me Life in the fast lane, some infidelity Garcia and the dead, how grateful they made me Stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Cincinnati was my stepping stone Stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone, stepping stone. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Years later with a daughter and two boys 
We don't have deep pockets, but our hearts are filled with joy. Stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Northwest we traveled and now it is our home. Surrounded by the mountains, we never want to roam. Andy and Darren, the coolest guys I know. I love their music and I love their soul. Stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. Stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones, stepping stones. Cincinnati was my stepping stone. No, that's not the monkeys. That's still stepping stone, though, from Boise, Idaho, and Banjo Matt. Matt, this is the section of the show we call shameless self promotion. This is where you you hype your CDs on any merch you have. If you sell goofy coffee cups or T-shirts or where we can buy your music to help monetize and perpetuate this going forward talk to me how how we can help you yeah thank you so much i really appreciate that tom uh so the right now uh, as you could probably hear from the interview i am still kind of putting myself out there as far as mainstream music and what i have right now it's banjomat.herenow.com so it's just banjomat.herenow dot com here now.com that has all of my 14 original songs that are actually out on vinyl as well i have i had 100 vinyls made because i've just really into vinyl records no kidding yeah yeah so that's that's really cool uh and then that has a link to my facebook and then an instagram page um and then it also um you know has links to um, just basically other ways like my email, you know, banjomat at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so just ways to contact me. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, promoting myself, I would just kind of piggyback on what you were saying and, and just thank you for the compliment. I'm putting myself out there, but, you know, some of my other songs that are about personalized, there's one about my mom who was born and raised in Kentucky. She lived a hard life and it tells her story. Uh, there's one about, some songs I wrote over the pandemic that do get a little bit more uh, political, but not not super. It's just kind of how I felt during the, the pandemic. One's called Indian Summer and how you want to go hide away sometimes. But that's, you know, you're not really making change if you go hide. And, um, and then a couple of love songs on there that, you know, some tearjerkers forever, maybe. And that talks about some struggles of, of trying being married for 26 years, but I followed that up with a love song of in a days just uh, to make sure. Cause people are like, are you okay? You and you and Christy. Okay. I said, we're great. It was just me again, wearing my emotions on my sleeve. So I guess my selfless promotion is, uh, you know, I do gig locally in and around Boise. Uh, you could find those on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, but if you really just kind of want to hear my heart and soul on uh, 14 different types of songs, Banjo Matt, dot couldn't have done it better <laughs> thank you thank you you've got some uh, some experience i guess talking in front of people had maybe had a teacher has something to do with that i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm on stage every day yeah every that's single for sure. day matt so. it's been a real pleasure 
uh, not been to Boise. It's on my bucket list to get to Idaho someday. And now I want to see Snake River for a whole different reason. I want to hey. see if there's if somebody up there that uh, looks like Ned Beatty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you make it here, come on. I will take you rafting. We, we, I, I mean it. I got all my own gear, and we can uh, go have a great, uh, great time on the river. So sounds like a lot of fun. We've been with Banjo Matt from Boise, Idaho, and the Music of America podcast. Up next, we're going to Caldwell, Idaho. We're going to meet with the Wayne Byerly Band. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.